the Lloyd's List Shipping Podcast. Welcome to the Lloyd's List Podcast. I'm Richard Mead, editor of Lloyd's List. Shipping is at a virtual standstill in certain sectors as the industry struggles to deal with the global health scare surrounding the coronavirus outbreak in China. Initial concerns about post-Chinese New Year delays have escalated and it's now clear that the impact across many sectors risks being much greater than anticipated. The coronavirus has paralysed the Chinese repair industry just at the moment that ship owners had crowded back into the yards. It's disrupted schedules across sectors led to serious challenges for crew management, seen China declare force majeure on LNG contracts and prompted a round of container services to be withdrawn, with the lines now forecasting issues well into the second quarter of the year. Market sentiment has seriously been dented and markets have been spooked across the globe. It's a rapidly evolving story, so we've taken a few different angles on the issues being raised for shipping in this week's podcast. Our law and insurance expert, David Osler, talks to Stevenson Harwood's Hong Kong shipping partner, Andrew Richardson-Green, about why ship owners need to be wary of contractual risk and understand the implications of legal terms like force majeure and free pratique. I catch up with podcast regular and BIMCO chief analyst Peter Sands to get his view on the market fallout from coronavirus and where the risks really lie. But first, we start with our China editor, Sishin Chen who, having just returned from mainland China, has been quarantined and locked out of Lloyd's List Towers in Hong Kong this week, but has been busy taking the temperature of shipping operators across China as he reports daily on the emerging issues facing the industry. As we record this episode of the Lloyd's List podcast on Thursday, the 6th of February, the death toll from the coronavirus in mainland China has exceeded 500, with more than 28,000 confirmed infections. But the infection has spread through the global economy as well, and the impact on shipping is already being felt. Joining me from Hong Kong is our quarantined China editor, Sichuan Chen. Welcome to the podcast, Sichuan. Thanks, Richard. Uh, you, of course, were back in Shanghai for the Lunar New Year celebrations. And unfortunately, you're, you're persona non grata right now in terms of the, the Lloyd's List office. You've had to quarantine yourself at home for the week. Yeah, yeah. I have to say that is not the most pleasant experience that I had with the Chinese New Year. I mean, you know, since Chinese New Year, you've been you know, covering the news. And I, I think it's fair to say that the shipping industry is certainly feeling the impact now. What's your general assessment of how people are reacting to the virus in terms of the Asian shipping community and uh, what's the sort of the headline takeaways from from this week do you think? Uh, I think uh, you know the the crew issue is definitely important uh, you know because of the virus now uh, the uh, crew changes has been halted. Uh, many seafarers uh, are uh, banned from going ashore or receiving visitors Mm. Uh, they will have to remain on board even their shifts is over. Uh, obviously, I mean, the anxiety is growing. I, talk, I actually talked to a, a, a local ship manager in, in China as well as an owner. So basically, they told me that not only that, uh, you know, the, uh, the crew has to work overtime, but also some of them actually, especially, uh, you know, vessel trading domestically, are actually facing a shortage of uh, provisions. Uh, you know, food are getting less, uh, let alone the face masks. Uh, so these are pretty sort of urgent issues that uh, need to be addressed. 
I mean, uh, one of the managers told me that uh, their company is um, uh, not not expecting to change crew until middle March, on the most optimistic projection. Wow. Okay. Uh, yeah. So this is pretty bad. And also, uh, there's a announcement made by the uh, China Maritime Safety Administrations yesterday, uh, which actually uh, permits. Uh, the delay of uh, inspections and the certifications of vessels and seafarers. Uh, that seems to suggest that the government is also preparing a uh, protracted battle against the virus. And in terms of the, the the response from the managers, obviously there's the the practical implications of them not being able to move crew around. But in terms of the crew themselves. Uh, many of them are essentially stuck now. They are stuck on the ship. They can't get on. They can't get off. And uh, certainly we know of at least several ships hanging outside of Shanghai that um, uh, their their fate is as yet unknown, I think. Yeah, exactly. Even for those vessels uh, which uh, have not uh, reported any uh, illness or fevers, you know, they uh, their crew are banned from going ashore just because, you know, the government is trying its best to sort of, you know, store the spread of the virus. But on the other side, I mean, the anxiety is not only creeping in on board. I mean, to many seafarers on standby uh, at shore, the delay of uh, embarkment actually equals to a layoff and the resulting halt of income. Mm. So they are also very, you know, King to actually, you know, uh, get on the ship and start to make money again. These are pretty bad. I mean, and also more importantly, of course, the uh, the, the virus uh, is certainly going to uh, strike a big blow to the uh, economy and trade performance later on. This this is going to basically pose a much big challenge to seafarers' well-being and employment uh, uh, prospects. Well, this is the thing. I mean, the the immediate implications of, of moving ships around and, and, and getting crew on board, presumably, you know, there is an end in sight at some point once uh, the authorities have got a handle on, on how to, you know, get these bottlenecks cleared. But the longer term implications, certainly for the first quarter and, and probably moving into the second half of the year at this rate, is going to be, uh, you know, the knock on consequences of slowed economies, of uh, delayed sailings and uh, the prospect of mainland China not getting back to work after the Lunar New Year, even for a few days, was was causing uh, initial uh, estimates to uh, impact GDP. Uh, that's now looking a little bit more serious, I think. Exactly. But the impact is not just domestically in China. It's also uh, it's getting uh, more and more uh, globally. I mean, if you look at the recent moves made by uh, port authorities in the U.S., uh, the Philippines and Australia, uh, you know, obviously it shows then early advice from the International Maritime Health Association uh, has been apparently ignored. Because the organization actually, uh, I think in late January, um, advised against the restriction on embarkment or disembarkment of seafarers in non-affected ports. Mm. I mean, of course, I mean, compared to now, I mean, compared to that time, I mean, the number of infected people has almost, uh, you know, uh, tenfold. 
uh, today. Uh, mm. But uh, with more and more like foreign ports start to uh, restrict, restrict, you know, uh, ships from China uh, from entering the ports, then this, you know, disruption in uh, trade and supply chain is actually going to have a, a global impact. Well, we will no doubt be coming back to you for regular updates on this topic. This is a story that is going to run for some time yet, I'm afraid to say. But for now, Sajin, look after yourself out there in Hong Kong. And thank you for joining the podcast this week. Thank you very much. When China sneezes, we all catch the flu, says Peter Sands, the chief analyst at BIMCO. This holds especially true for the commercial shipping markets, of course, which remain heavily reliant upon China both on the import and export side. Now, in terms of what we know and what we don't know, we've seen delays in terms of China getting back online. Now, that itself is going to have implications. We've seen uh, the issues in terms of ships not being able to call at certain ports and and, and certainly an element of disruption. Do you think it is a, a temporary blip, in which case, you know, what sort of impact are we looking at? Or do you think this is a bit more fundamental in terms of the timing of what's happened? I think right now we are all really looking for for for, for solid guidance here, and and what we are uh, what we are getting is of, is of course uh, disturbing right now in terms of uh, the virus still spreading, still not being under control, and and what we're seeing of course uh, mainly impact on uh, on on container shipping where we have seen more blank sailings uh, coming in uh, at a point in time where businesses uh, should get uh, get uh, picked up uh, rather than slow down uh, and, and naturally I think one of the most tangible things we have seen has been uh, from uh, from Australia where they literally uh, put a floating quarantine on on ships that uh, that have called uh, Chinese ports uh, so uh, so it is disrupt this is disrupting uh, not only intra-asian supply chains as as we know him uh, today but uh, but certainly also uh, with uh, with uh, with this uh, spreading of, of the disease uh, unlikely to be completely under control for for perhaps even a few weeks uh, we are likely to see also uh, dry bulk and tankers get impacted as as the chinese buyers are simply not coming back from their lunar new year celebrations mm. i mean you mentioned dry bulk we've seen this week the baltic cape size index falling into negative territory which uh, we, we 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 grappled with in terms of how that is numerically possible but uh, it appears that uh, the virus has certainly had a, a direct impact already in terms of the, the leading indicators. I think what we are seeing in uh, in uh, the, the Baltic Cape size index right now is a, is an abnorm. Uh, and uh, I think also the uh, the chairman of the Baltic uh, have just uh, uh, tried to uh, to explain his way out of uh, a uh, an upcoming um, sort of uh, adjustment to uh, to uh, to the methodology behind that uh, that index. Uh, so so we basically advise our members to uh, to focus only on 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 the earnings, uh, the time chart equivalent earnings, and of course on the uh, uh, dollars per ton uh, that they can uh, that they can realize uh, straight on. Uh, forget about the indices; they make no sense. Right now, uh, and that's also, uh, I guess, um, well, uh, what, uh, what, what, what you, you need that certain calmness in, in, in your stomach and, and know how you how you deal with that uh, uh, also, and, and then just look beyond the the uh, minus 133 index points that we saw uh, only on on 4th February. Mm. Of course, the other thing that we've been looking at this week is uh, you know China's significant place in terms of uh, the shipyards and. 
one of the major impacts on the market, of course, was the ships that are queuing up for scrubber retrofits. Now, we're going to see a delay here. That actually could have a positive impact in some respects in terms of elongating the um, you know, the supply constraints. Uh, what, what about what do, what do you think there? Is that is it still too early to tell in terms of the impact there? I think uh, what we have seen, at least in in, uh, in uh, the numbers uh, of uh, delivered uh, tonnage from uh, Chinese shipyards in, in January, that was uh, that was not disrupted to a, to a, to any meaningful extent. Uh, but actually, uh, this is uh, this is affecting uh, any uh, anything that uh, that is being uh, under construction right now, uh, and that includes, of course, also uh, retrofits of of scrubbers. Uh, but um, but in that in that sense, uh, yeah, uh, should there be any uh, kind of a silver lining to to this uh, this uh, tragical uh, situation, uh, that should be it then. And uh, yeah, finally, in, in in terms of the uh, the tanker market, now uh, I think you know, we've certainly seen the tanker market feeling the heat in terms of the virus, and I, I think there will be an impact. But there were other factors there as well. Do do you think that the virus is probably the the least of concerns in tankers, or is it is it going to have a significant impact on, on the tanker market? I can only encourage uh, BIMCO members and, and and the rest of the industry to to check out our website on on uh, the, the the virus update and advice and and, and make sure that uh, whatever uh, they do in terms of uh, voyage charter parties or time charter parties right now, they put in place the uh, the the infectious and contagious disease clause, which is something that we have put out for 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 everyone to uh, to 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 use right now. But Richard, you pointed at at, at a, a very particular topic here i mean the uh, uh, the uh, say the recalling of the us uh, sanctions on on chinese owned uh, tankers it comes at perhaps the potentially uh, most on uh, on perfect time uh, for for a market that is uh, that is heading south in terms of uh, of tanker freight rates so if we focus on the uh, on the big route uh, the, uh, the 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 tc3 uh, china route uh, out of uh, or the td through China route out of um, Middle East to to China, uh, being below uh, twenty thousand dollars a day, falling sharply over the uh, the past couple of weeks, and with more tonnage coming uh, coming online, um, I'm afraid the uh, uh, the good times for the crude oil tankers have evaporated a, a bit faster than 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 would otherwise be the case. <laughs> uh, yes, although if we are going to take a positive, I guess, you know, it is at least indicative of a thawing of relations between China and the US. No doubt we will be having you back on the podcast at some point in the fairly near future to comment on the latest highs and lows in the shipping market. But for now, um, Peter Sand from BIMCO, thank you very much for joining the Loiseless podcast. You're very welcome, Richard. Thanks for having me back. The virus outbreak has important implications for the interpretation of charter parties, particularly whether a vessel is deemed to be off hire or not. So our law and insurance expert David Osler spoke to Andrew Ridgden-Green, a shipping partner at the law firm Stevenson Harwood. Thank you for joining us from Hong Kong, Andrew. Can I start then by asking you about the implications for charter parties? I mean, we're all broadly familiar with how they work, but what might go wrong given the outbreak of coronavirus? A number of measures have been taken both by the Chinese government and by other governments around um, the region that would have an impact on the way in which um, we operate uh, in the shipping industry and we operate in relation to our uh, charter parties in particular. Um, So various issues may affect charter parties. For example, um, 
there may be uh, uh, issues arising out of um, warranties of safe ports. So, for example, mm-hmm. um, if a ship is ordered to uh, uh, go to a port which is um, known to be a danger or is thought to be a danger to um, the crew or to the cargo because of exposure to coronavirus, then there might be a question as to whether, in fact, the port was safe or not. Um, and that could be a breach of the charter party in relation to um, uh, the instruction to go to, to that port. Um, right. In addition, if a vessel, if a vessel has come from uh, a port um, or is not able to load a particular cargo, um, she may be considered to be unseaworthy because of the reason that she's been to or come from uh, a port that's been affected by the virus. So there are a number of ways in which um, uh, um, the ship might be affected by by well, coronavirus. Uh, broadly speaking, if a vessel can't sail because the crew is laid low, um, is the vessel off fire? Well, that, that's a that's a really interesting question because the, the question off hire is a detailed one. Um, obviously, the first thing you would have to look at is what the actual wording of the contract is but of course um, the NYPE form which is uh, in popular uh, use around uh, the shipping industry does say that um, uh, hire would not be payable if time is lost caused by deficiency of men Um, so for example if if the crew were laid low by coronavirus there would be an argument to say that that the vessel is not able to um, perform the task that's required of her at the time, and therefore she would be off hire. But who knows what the exact task that is required at the time, and whether the vessel will be on right. hire or off hire. Right. Um, you also mentioned in your briefing notes uh, force majeure. Now, a lot of us have a vague idea of what this is. It's some way of uh, people saying they can't fulfil a contract because of circumstances beyond their control, but if you could explain it for a, a non-legal audience, I mean, what does it actually mean and how might it impact us in the coming weeks? Thanks, David. That's a, that's a really great question. Um, uh, I, I often like to say about force majeure is that um, uh, force majeure is a foreign concept to English law. There isn't even an English word for it. Force majeure, of course, is French. Um, but uh, in English law and in Hong Kong law, force majeure is in fact just a nature, a creature of the contract um, that it's in. So uh, people might consider that some event that prevent, prevents them from performing a contract is a force majeure. But unless it falls within um, the description of force majeure in their contract, then it will not be a force majeure. Um, so in many contracts, you'll find that there is a specific force majeure provision, which will say something along the lines of um, the parties will be excused from performance of the contract in the event of acts of God, um, uh, restraint of princes, etc., etc. Um, and the question then will be whether the outbreak of something like coronavirus um, fits within the specific definition of force majeure in the contract. Um, right, and so then, the con- 
Oh, I was going to say, it sounds like this is the sort of thing that could result and will result in disputes. Um, I, I, there's little doubt that it will um, result in some kind of dispute, which um, will be one, what is the effects of the coronavirus on the particular contract? Two, what does the contract say about such an event? And three, what are the consequences of that event? Because the other thing to bear in mind is that a force majeure, um, because it doesn't have any specific definition in English law, um, doesn't have any specific consequence either. So the consequence will only be that consequence which is set out in the contract. And some of them, for example, GAFTA contracts um, may set out a suspension of performance. Um, so it would just put everything on pause until the end of the force majeure event. Um, and other contracts might say the whole thing comes to an end um, on the occurrence of a particular event. Okay, and finally, while we're talking about fancy French terms, uh, that logically leads us to free critique. Um, and perhaps again, for the benefit of a non-legal audience, can you outline how that works, what the basic concepts are here? <laughs> Thanks very much. Um, free critique is uh, very basically um, uh, a certificate that says that a vessel um, meets the health and safety requirements of a particular port. Now, why is that important? Uh, that's usually important because a vessel on a voyage charter, um, when it arrives at a port, has to tender a notice of readiness in order to um, uh, begin loading and to commence lay time. Um, and uh, depending on the wording of the particular charter party, um, the vessel will either be in free pratique or not be in free pratique. Um, and if the vessel doesn't need to be in free pratique, then the no health certificate is required. Um, but if it does need to be in free pratique, then a notice of readiness will not be valid until such time as the local authorities grant that certificate of free pratique. Well, great. Andrew Rigdon Green, a Hong Kong based partner at Stevenson Howard. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this week's edition of the Lloyd's List podcast. You can keep up to date with all our daily updates on the shipping market implications of the coronavirus on Lloyd'sList.com, where we've this week introduced a special topic page featuring all our analysis and data on the subject. And while you're there, make sure you're registered for a free account with Lloyd'sList.com so you can receive our daily briefing email. We'll be back next week with more of the story shaping shipping. Goodbye.